0: Welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. I want to talk to you tonight in in the last in this series, uh, number 15, can you believe 15 weeks have passed already on the subject. I want to talk to you tonight about, very specific, the profile of a successful disciple. And so what I want to talk to you about tonight, if you go to the disciple number one, right up to number 14, and tonight number 15, will be no different. But every one of them spoke to us in one or other way relevant to being a disciple of Jesus. Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples. And and he said, and then teach them to do everything that I've taught you. We know it was in Antioch, and I think it's verse 11 of Act book of Acts. It says the disciples were first called Christians. Because what was Christian? Christ, Christianos, Christ in them. The, the way the disciple lived, they saw Jesus. The very Jesus that walked before he was put to death and buried and rose again. So, so our life as a Christian, when we proclaim to be a Christian, we're actually disciples of Jesus. Okay. So, so when, you, when I talk about a profile, a profile of a successful Christian, a profile of a successful Christian, you know, in the, in the world out over there, if, if the military is going to take you into military and they're going to um, promote you into another position or whatever, or wherever there's a secret business or whatever, or even in a business and you're going to come and join a company, what they look at is your profile. And you see, every one of us, whether we like it or not, we have a, a profile of a disciple. It's either a fraud profile or it's a very good profile. But you and I, each one, carry a profile. And what does the profile do? It tells you who you really are. And so tonight I want to talk to you about a, a profile of a successful disciple. Because we know this is in life. You, you, you see this, the world is full of willing people, isn't that so? Some willing to work and the rest willing to let them. It's like the 80-20 principle. 20% of, of, of the Christians or the disciples do 80% of the, of the rest's work. And you find that in every ministry. It's sad. The 80-20 principle. It's, it's something that, and, and you know what? We, we as Christians should get to a place in our lives where, where we're 100%, 100% successful disciples of Jesus. Others mustn't be working for us. You know, we find the strong in our CMA ministry. Many times, 20% are doing all the work. The 80 hang round. Amen. Or ain't no. <laughs> It's a truth. It's a truth. So I want to read one scripture to you to just in- introduce what I want to talk to you about. This is such a powerful scripture. And and as I as I wrote it down here and I began to read it, it's in Ephesians 4, verse 1. Just 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 listen to this let's just go into it so so this is Paul writing I mean, now he's sitting in prison now he's writing from prison and you understand the prison conditions I mean he's, he's it's like a little dungeon and they got water si- seeping through and it's cold and and they've given him a kind of a lamp there with I don't know how they hood that lamp or something had a bit of oily and and it burnt there and he didn't have much light and and he was fed bread and, the, and the, the the rats that looked like cats used to eat some of his bread, and it was a, it was a most uncomfortable place. Now listen, what he says from where he's writing, he says, "So I, the prisoner of the Lord." You see, many times we'll just read that I, the prisoner of the Lord. Yeah, he was he was a prisoner. So and I and then he carries, and then we carry on reading. But I want you to stop for a minute. He didn't say, I, a prisoner, put here unduly and incorrectly. I am not guilty." and they're not looking after me, and I shouldn't be here. I'm a Roman citizen, and he doesn't say that. What does he say? I'm a prisoner of the Lord. You know what? I'm in a bad place because I love Jesus. You see, that's the problem with us as Christians. We don't want to get into a bad place and an uncomfortable place because we're Christians. A- amen. Yes. You your home can also say amen right now. There we go. I can hear it. But he says, I am a prisoner of the Lord. And then he says something which he can talk with authority now. He doesn't just say it to, because if he started saying all his complaints list, and then he asked them how they should live, they would laugh at him. But he puts his money where his mouth is, and that's where us as disciples need to do, because that is the profile of a successful Christian. He has Paul, and he says, so I, a prisoner of the Lord, listen to what he says, I appeal to you. In other words, I make a serious request. And what is the request? That you would live a life that's worthy of the calling to which you've been called. You see, that is the profile of a successful Christian. And then the amplified really amplifies what he's saying. He says, "What is he saying?" He says, "That is to live a life that does what? That exhibits a godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior. A life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation." It's ye dankbaar die hier het, jou we must be thankful every day. When David sinned and he messed up, he came back to God. And he said, God, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Is elke dag He will forgive you if you come and repent and you ask God to do that for you. But the fact is, he says how we must live. We must live a life that exhibits a godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and a mature behavior, a life. That expresses gratitude for God's salvation. Dankie, Heere, dat jy my raak gesien I wonder how many Christians are really excited about the fact that Jesus saved you. I am so thankful every day of my life that God would pick me. I just want to be very honest with you. I wouldn't pick me. <laughs> and I know a few of you out there too. And some of you watching on camera. But to what I want to talk to you tonight about the profile of a successful disciple. The profile I want to talk to you tonight. And I want to pause and I want to talk about this. And that is the profile of a servant. A Dinskanach van Let me tell you, it's the highest position that you can reach as a child of God. To be a servant. Because every one of them, from discipleship 1 to number 15 tonight, if you're not a servant, you will, and you don't have a servant heart, it's going to be difficult to live out any of the, of the discipleship series that I've been talking about. A servant is heart. That's what our Jesus came to do, didn't he? He was the king of glory. He could have told us exactly what, but you know what? The Bible says in, in I think it's Philippians 2, it is Philippians 2, from verse 5 to about verse 8, he says he humbled himself. And he took on the guise of a servant. He was the king of glory. But he became a servant. Can we understand that? God het ons Washed the feet of the disciples. Crazy. When he went to the, to the Jordan to be, to be baptized, John the Baptist said, I'm not even worthy to touch your shoelaces. He says, no, no, you must do it so that all things can be fulfilled. I mean, this is this this Jesus we're talking about. What does the dictionary say about a profile, the, uh, uh, the, about a servant, a dienstknecht? Listen, what it says: it's a devoted follower. In other words, we give up our right to vote. We become listen devoted. <laughs> you give up your right to vote. That's what Paul did in the prison. I'm a prisoner of the Lord. You know what? I could complain about my circumstances. It's not here where I'm staying. But you know what? I'm a prisoner of the Lord. That's what it means to be a devoted follower of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. You give up, you devoted. You, you give up your right to vote. You de voted. Are you catching me? Yeah? No. Except in America. But oh, that's interesting. And, and another thing the dictionary says about, about, the, about a servant is this. It's a person that's willing to serve another. You see, we've got to give up our rights because we've been bought with a price, the Bible says. we God's possession now. So it's my prerogative now as a child of God, progerative. There's no Afrikaans of Ergava, from the item. Uh, Prerogative to come as a servant of Jesus because I don't belong to myself anymore. Amen. And that's the truth. Because this I want to tell you, and I know this, and I, I just jotted it down because I know this is a fact. And you can say amen if it is a fact. Everyone sitting here tonight and everybody watching me there, listen, I, I believe really in your heart you want to do what God says. Amen. Everybody, yes. Everybody wants to please God. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here tonight, and, and you that's tuned in here, you also wouldn't be tuned in now listening to me. And don't put off now keep going yeah, like a, to the end uh. but but everybody wants to be used by God amen? amen who doesn't want to be used by God okay we didn't have one end I didn't say is there a visitor so, everybody wants to have an intimate loving relationship with the Lord Jesus amen everybody wants that we we want that I believe we all really want that in our lives but but there's now a little bit of a but because yes, the difference. This separates the churchgoers from the true disciples. That really wants to do this stuff. Those who have only an interest in, in spiritual stuff. And those that are fully committed. You see, these are the things that separate the true disciples of Jesus Christ. Yeah, what I'm talking about tonight is, is where the masks come off. Not so much the masks that we reveal to one another who we are. But the mask between you and God. Because he sees anyway. And also the mask between, guess who? You and yourself. Die Owen and spiel. Let's be honest with him. The mask comes off. So I, I saw this quote in the week and I thought this was really funny. And I think I've got it up over there. The next quote. that says this. Someone said, you are mad about wearing ma- a mask to the church. But you've been doing it for years already. <laughs> Just read that again. Because I don't think many of you are getting this. We're mad about wearing masks, but we've been coming to church for 20 years with, this, with a mask on. But we need to take off that mask in our lives. Is it so true? Because I believe all those things I said, we really want to do them. But listen, here's the key as long as it costs me nothing, I'm willing. It's true. Is it it's cost me, then I'm going Everybody's committed until it's going to cost me something. And let me tell you, the key is this, a committed, successful disciple, it lies in the price that you're willing to pay, the sacrifice that you're willing to make. What is the sacrifice you're willing to make? Because Jesus gave everything so that you could be saved. And so if I'm a disciple of Jesus, then I need to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, one of the most amazing stories, you can go read it yourself, in in 2 Samuel chapter 24. Yeah, David... God's blessing him. He's winning every battle. That And he, he, he fought so many good battles that they actually had a time of peace. So David like schemes and a peace now. What if, you know that's how we are. That eh? What if it gets bad now? And guess who listens? The devil. He says, well, he said it now. Let's just work on his belief. <laughs> So, what does David do? He goes and counts his armies. He gets his generals and he gets them out there and they go count the armies. So he says, Right, if we have a battle now, I've got so many, so many, so many. And now he's happy. But he knows now in his heart, he's now gone against God because God's the one that gave them the victory, not these men. And so the Gad, the, the, the prophet, comes to him and says, Hey, David, God says, <laughs> So you're going to have to pay a price. So he says, what do you choose here? He says, three years of fighting with your enemies, three months of, uh, of um, famines, or three days of plagues. He says, oh, please, please tell the Lord. Lord Jesus, he says, I, I'd rather fall in your hands than in the hands of man. <laughs> it's just me too. Eh? Eh? That the manna will give me trouble. He says, no, no, I am in your hands. And then you know what God does? He sets a plague out for three days. 70,000 people because of his obedience. Can I say this? Sometimes your disobedience causes others to fall by the wayside. Amen. Hear what I'm saying? So, so <laughs> here's the story. So what does David do? He goes to one, the wealthy guy owns this house, he's got a threshing floor there where they do the wheat and stuff, and he arrives there, because the prophet says, you better go and make a sacrifice now. So he arrives there, and guy bows down to the king David, and he's so happy, and he says, David, he says, there's all the cattle, there's all the wood, he says, use exactly, it's all yours, free, gratis, go (laughs) and sacrifice. Now, the reason I told you that whole story, because it's, there's an emphasis here on what David says. Listen to what David says here. 2 Samuel 24, verse 24. He says this, I will not offer to God that which costs me nothing. And you know what he does? He pays that man to the tiniest detail for everything. I will not offer to God that which costs me nothing. How keen we are to offer to God everything that really costs us nothing. I want to be a child of God. I don't want to be obedient. But you know what? As long as it costs me nothing, I'm I'm enthusiastic. Amen. I hope a few of my CMA people listen to this now. Somewhere nationally. Because God's got a call on our lives. But you see, it's when I'm comfortable and I'm convenient. God has called us for a mission. God has called us to do things. God has called us to serve one another. God has called us to serve Him. Amen. But I'm only willing to do that while it's comfortable and easy. Now. So what does Jesus say? It's an old scripture, but we know it so well. In Luke 6, from verse 46 to 48, He says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? And this is such simple understanding stuff. Jesus telling this. He says, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words, like we're hearing his words tonight, and you put these words you're hearing into practice, then I'll show you what kind of person he is. He's like a man that's building a house who dug down deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood and the torrent struck that house, but it could not shake it because it was built well. You see, verse 48 says to us, he dug down deep. Let me tell you, it will cost you to be a servant. It's not free. Our salvation is gratis. Let me tell you, the, the, the pay plane that was free and gratis, but the water that comes through that, let me tell you something, that cost Jesus everything. Eh? And how am I serving Him with the wonderful way He has given Himself for my life? What was Jesus's words on servitude? Listen to this in John 6:38. He says, "For I have come down from heaven to do what? Not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me." Jesus came to lay down his life to serve. He paved the way. Listen to me, for you and I to follow. So so what does he say here in, in Luke six verse forty? I, I just love this portion of scripture because it's it's so good. He says this the student is not above the teacher, but everyone, in other words, there are some that are not gonna want to do this. Amen. Amen, yeah. <laughs> Everyone who, in other words, is implying there are those that's not going to want to. But he says the student is not about the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will become like the teacher. Guess what? Our subject in life is about Jesus. And we've got to be becoming like Jesus. Was Jesus a servant? Yes or no? Absolutely. So what are we becoming? A servant. Amen? We need to be. If Jesus is the master, then we're going to have to submit to his teachings and his example. That's why I love the scripture in 1 Peter 2, 21. You can't, you can't deny it. Here it stands, black and white for us to hear, read, and do. Listen what it says here. To this you were called. Is that not what, what Paul said there? I, I, I love this. He says this. He says, I appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you were called. What does Peter say? That's Paul speaking. This is what Peter says. He says, to this you were called. What were we called to? Because Christ, he says, where am I now? I've lost my place. Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. You see, a sermon like this, you know by now it's not a feel-good sermon, isn't it? You're sitting there and saying, gee, why did I come tonight? I could have been watching Carte Blanche. (laughs) <laughs> or whatever you watch. I don't know. Never get a chance to see that. Because I'm always here. <laughs> but but it's, it's a fact. You see. We need to follow in his steps. J- John 8. Listen to this. 28b. Jesus says. I do nothing of myself. But as my father taught me. And I speak these things. Jesus had a clear pattern of submission to his father. And so, so when I read that. I wrote this down. Because. Well. Just read this. John 5.30. Jesus says. Not my will. But the will of the Father who sent me. Whose will? The Father that sent us. is not Jesus send us? He says, I'm sending you. We've got to dig down deep. It costs us. There's a price. So I wrote this down, and I want to say, this is a profound statement. His submission guaranteed his success. Your submission will guarantee your success. What are we talking about tonight? The profile of what? A successful disciple. His submission guaranteed, you want to have success, your submission will guarantee, I guarantee you, your success. If you're not succeeding, then there's a problem with our submission. Amen? Jesus' success guaranteed that his agenda was his father's agenda. That's why he was successful. You know, when Jesus had died and he rose again and and the disciples were bangbrookah, and They were hiding away in the upper room, and we pick a story up in John twenty twenty. Yeah, they're all nervous in case they're going to come fetch them and also crucify them. They were really scared that would happen, and so they're all sitting in this room wondering what's next. And then Jesus appears amongst them. Now you can imagine that moment. Jesus says to them, "Peace to you." <laughs> can you imagine? I can just see the whole of them in one corner, and Jesus standing here by himself. Who are you? <laughs> they got the skirk of their life, eh? And he says to them, peace be to you. And then listen what he says. Just as the Father sent me forth, so I am sending you. What did the Father send Jesus to do? To serve. So what is Jesus saying to us? He's sending us to serve. Say, I'm a serve. I'm a serve, serve. absolutely. I hope you're hearing this tonight. The profile of a su- successful Christian. One of the sure things you want to be a successful disciple of Jesus. You, you are called to serve. We are called to serve. We are called to serve. Ephesians 6 verse 7 says this. Serve. What is those second two words there? Said loud. Wholeheartedly. As if you were serving the Lord, not man. I love Colossians three twenty three. I don't have it on my notes, but it is up there. Whatever you do, say whatever. Whatever you do. That means whatever you do now. Work at it with all of your heart as if working for the Lord and not for men. I say to a lot of people, and I find this very interesting in life. A person, he needs a job, he gets a job, and he works at the company for a year, maybe two years. Then, like a wind, Levi. Levi is a word as you Then, then what does he do? Then he finds fault. Then he comes late. And wie is hy vir my te, oh, je vergeet jy, die had jou geemploy, maar jy raak like nou lekker so, jy, jy, you got no more respect. No, no, listen to me. None of you work for a boss. You work for Jesus, child of God. Your responsibility used to be, before you were saved, you worked for a boss, but now you work for Jesus. What does that tell me? That tells me you're going to serve like like you should be the best candidate any company has working for. I wish I had 20 of your kind. Then you hear that I say, "Ag, Here daai Christen daar by Bikers Church. Oh, Here. Ek weet nie wat hy daar leer nie, maar heers, kyk die werk wat hierdie ou doen. Hy kom laat, hy vaai vroeg. You know that stuff. We work in as unto the Lord. Let's work with excellence. Amen. That's what the Bible says. You're working for God. Both of those scriptures say exactly those words. Amen. He says that. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we need to serve. Let me remind you what serve means. It means a devoted follower. A person that's willing to serve another. That's what Jesus came to do, isn't it? Can I ask you this question? What if God answered our prayers the way we answer his call to service? (laughs) What would you get? (laughs) Oh, Jesus, I think we better start serving Jesus again. eh? (laughs) Jesus came to show us, listen, the me first pattern, so deeply ingrained in each one of us, because it is so. Why would the Bible have to teach us this stuff over and over and over if it wasn't necessary? Because the natural sinful man, it's about me, myself, and I. And that's where we need to break that mold of doing that stuff. That's why, that me first pattern. Maybe you won't break it overnight, but I can tell you, Through the growth and through a process, you begin to grow and you begin to serve the Lord and you become a servant of God. And and that old me, myself and I habits begin to break and you become more and more like Jesus. And you become more and more. Because what did Jesus say? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will become like the teacher. Amen. So that's what it's all about. You know what he came to teach us? Listen. Listen. The time he spent with the people, he gave us, and it's written in his word, the way we should live. Listen to me. Mine became yours. Getting became giving. Ruler became a servant. Down became and resulted in up. Descending into greatness. The further you go down as a servant. I always tell our leadership when we get together nationally. I say, isn't it amazing? There's only about two places in the Bible they talk about a leader. But in 900 places, they talk about a servant. And it's amazing how we have leadership conferences. <laughs> we should have servant conferences. Because the greater you think you are, the greater you need to serve. It's a humbleness. And that's the problem is we look for recognition. Let me. I'm not going to run ahead of myself. The misconceptions, listen to this. Van uh, Begrip about being a servant. I love that, hey? Misconceptions. van begrip. Dit klink soms so lekker. Dit is begrip wat die oor is. <laughs> Jy weet nie wat aangaan nie. Halleluja. <laughs> <laughs> Many people listen serve, but they actually serving themselves. In other words, why am I doing what I'm doing? It's easy to get honor and praise and for self and self-recognition. Why am I really, really serving? And you see, that's the problem with that old flesh nature of ours. Listen, Peter Block, a writer, says, the choice we make always is between service and self-interest. What do I get out of this deal if I serve? What are the people going to say? You know what? This church is so very blessed to have me as a part of it. You're so blessed to have me as your pastor. What a lucky church you are. Wow, next week I'm going to talk on humility and pride. Eh? <laughs> I seriously am. But that's the fact. Matthew 6 verse 1, listen to Jesus' words. Take care. Say take care. Because that means take care. Now, it says, take care not to do your good deeds publicly or before men in order to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward reserved for you and waiting for you with and from the Father who is in heaven. When the rewards had him nie zin, you arrive there and you think, you're so, I ek het lekker dinner in my leven. Maar jy het vergeet, jy het vir allemaal gesê, Jesus, what wat ek gedoen het, ek kijk wat het ek here. jy weet, en, en dan kom jy daar so, en dan krijg all lekker rewards, en staan jy daar so, lekker leerbeek. Krijg niks. En jy sê, but what's wrong, Lord? He says, no, 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 you have had all your presents, man. <laughs> Down on earth, remember, then he shows you lekker fight to everybody, ek zin, da, da, You cute little thing (laughs) Lack of rewards, lack of rewards, and we you know what? That's what a servant is, emptying yourself. Hallelujah. Oh, I love it. eh? There we go, eh? John five forty-four says, How can you believe if you accept praises from one another yet make no effort to obtain the praises that comes from God? Yes, wow man. That's the first thing, the misconception. The second one is, Hey, and this is, a, this is rife in the church. I deserve better." Have you ever heard that? "I deserve. How can you treat me like it? I deserve better." Paul writing for "I a prison of Jesus." He's living in the most like a place, writing a letter under a little lamp. I, you know, And they didn't have uh, uh, spec savers and, and all that stuff at that time. The poor And he wrote. You probably wrote like a doctor, you know. Sorry, doctors. But you know the story, hey. I deserve. Always want to be patted on the back when we do things. Seeking acknowledgement, seeking recognition. A person, listen, a person who thinks he deserves cannot serve. A person who thinks he deserves cannot serve. It's a, it's a moment like. And, and, and there is this attitude in the church I deserve. Look what I do look what I do, whoopee, you're doing it for Jesus, not for man, you know, if we can just get out of the limelight a little bit, and give God a bit of a room to also shine a little bit, you know what I'm saying, people might just start serving God, because that's the problem, people serve man, because man's always there, yeah, 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 you know, we need to be so careful, I'm coming to a close, promise, we're doing well here, Jesus said this in Luke 14, verse 11. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, ranked below others who are honored. Then he says, or rewarded, and he who humbles himself and keeps a modest opinion of himself and behaves accordingly, what will happen? He'll be exalted. Isn't that so so beautiful? So there's this, this amazing story to emphasize this fact. This happened in the USA somewhere, I don't know exactly where I read the story, but it was this, this airline pilot and they had this um, smoke that comes out of the air, aircraft, and, he, and they had an air show in this town of theirs there, and this airplane came past and he was doing this big flower arrangement in the, in the air with the smoke. And a true story, and, and as he was doing the smoke, his one engine cut out and he went into a serious dive bomb, and he was going straight for, for the housing village, and I mean if his plane landed there, he would have killed everybody. And what he did was, an old man, we were interviewing what happened, and, and he said, I watched him, I watched him, and he held it, and he held it, and he held the plane that it missed the village, and it landed just outside the plane, just outside the village, and it broke into pieces. And unfortunately, that pilot died. And he said, you know what? He says, it well, was just like Jesus. He, he took the suffering on himself for the people. He said he could have ejected, and he could have. When that happened, he could have shot out, and that plane would have killed many people. But you know what What they found in his wallet when they checked him out and they took his body out the plane? You know what he had in his wallet? These, these words, God first, other second, and me third. In his wallet. What a testimony. Didn't he just live it out? He gave up his life to save many. That's what Jesus did. God first, other second, me third. So i want to say to you tonight: Humility is not inferiority. This is nie Um, om, um, om, om, neder, um, derde, te wees. Humility, a servant's heart, says God first. You know what pride says? Me first. That's what pride says. We need to look at our lives and say, is, is it? Am I third? Is it God first, or is it me first? God second, and others third. Where is God in your makeup? Where is your? Where are you in the makeup? Of your life we really need to pray God please come and change us so that we can we can live a life that that advances your kingdom because of the way I live When this one's open every one of us that's our calling we need to may I become the servant Lord Jesus that you want me to so I'm going to close off with the last scripture tonight before we close 1 Corinthians 15 58 what a beautiful scripture and it says this Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, stand faster, immovable, always. And he has the word, excelling in the work of the Lord, because why? We don't work for man; we work for God. We are servants of the Most High God. He said, always doing your best and doing more than is needed. Did you hear that? Not less. I find Christians do less than that's needed. That's why Philemon, or Philemon, whichever you like the most, in the Bible, go read verse 21 there. He says, confident of this, my brother, that you will do even more than I asked you to do. That is our way. That's way we serve in your work, in your business, in the ministry. Do more. You don't just come to, to put a few chairs straight. No, no, you come with a duster and you dust. Amen. And you walk in the toilet to make sure there's toilet rolls. <laughs> now that's doing more, isn't that so? When somebody needs you, Jesus says, if somebody comes and you give him up, he says, Someone give him your jacket too. If you comes if he comes, you don't only walk a mile with him, you someone walk two miles with him. You see, it's going out of our way. That's the heart of a child of God. Amen. Are you hearing that? He says. Always doing your best and doing more than is needed. And being continuously aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion. Huh. My Lord Jesus. I sent that to a few of my leaders in the week. National leaders. Because some of those want to give up. And I'm exhausted. And, I, and I've got a day job. And I, and I can't get around. I say, yes, even up to exhaustion, man. When you're a leader, you lead. You don't be a wimp. Yes, we've got such wimp leaders in this world. Amen. Sometimes exha- I get exhausted. I'm driving the car today and I'm thinking, what if I skip church tonight? <laughs> Where's Pastor George? <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he decided he's not coming tonight. Can you understand how ludicrous it is? And we've all been called, and there's a calling, and a high calling on our lives, church. Amen. So we need to know that, even to exhaustion. He says, now let me read a little bit back because it sounds crazy if I just pick up Yeah, He says, in being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion in the Lord, it's not futile or wasted, it's never without purpose. Because you will get a reward. Unless you're telling everybody how hard you work, and how tough life is, and how moeilijk it is. And I can't even say, okay, now I'm so. I'm so tired of working with you, but I'm so when I hear us say that, I say, When you hear you Amen. Yes, maybe say that. Can I ask you this in closing tonight? What would your profile look like tonight? A profile of a successful Christian. Would you fit the profile? Or would you be disqualified tonight? You know. Amen. Come and let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we just thank you for each one that is watched by way of media and for each one of us that's been in the church tonight thank you for what you do in our lives i thank you that your mercy is new every morning and lord that you don't as we as we heard your word some time ago lord that you're a god of compassion that you are slow to anger and that you abound in love and father you're not you're not picking on us because we're not doing it right Because, Father, you tell us to grow. And sometimes we just mess it up. But I pray, God, tonight that even as we've heard this word, where we are lacking, help us to lift the standard in our own hearts, Father. That we take off the masks, Father God, between us and you and between one another. And that we will live a life that is worthy of the calling to which we've been called. Father, I thank you tonight because each one of your precious children, whether by way of media and and those sitting here tonight, we all are your children. Your Holy Spirit lives in us because we've invited you into our lives as our Lord and our Savior. So, Father, you're the one who leads us. You're the one who disciplines us when we go a little bit astray. But thank you that you love us and care for us. I just want to ask this question Why all the eyes are closed and bowed. Just this moment. If you want God to touch your heart, I just want to pray for you. You know, the place is still still roaring with faith. I can just sense faith. Faith to strengthen you for something that you need for God to do in your life, particularly over the area of being a successful disciple. If that's you, I want you to stand because I want to pray for you. I just sense a, a, a positive impartation tonight here. If you just sense that in your heart. You know, please don't stand for, for, for me asking you to stand. Stand because Daddy in heaven is looking down at you and he's saying, Yeah, there's my son. There's my daughter. I can't wait to touch them because they really are asking me now to touch them. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you for all of these precious people as they stand tonight. Father, that you would impart that extra, ordinary, powerful, operation of faith in their lives to believe from tonight that their lives will be different that lord you will strengthen them within their hearts to walk this incredible journey as a genuine authentic disciple of jesus that it can be said of us that we have a profile of a successful child of god I thank you for that tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrang.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.